Tim Hudak is here, and I imagine, Tim Hudak, one of your daughters has outgrown trick-or-treating, or has she? Yeah, so Miller is, is 16. She's still going to wear a costume to school today. She'll help give out candy. She's in that watch scary movies mode, John, okay. that we all went through uh, in our teens. And Maitland, she's kept it a secret. She's our, our grade four, but I'll let you know in our friends at News Talk 1010. She's going as Marshmallow, the musician, performer. That's a pretty cool costume that Debbie, by the way, helped make the costume for her today. Now i got to look it up because I'm trying to remember what Marshmallow looks like. So, Joe Cristiano, you send me some images. Yeah, Do a little homework. the guy in the helmet. The guy in the helmet. Okay, but there's also Dead Mouse wears a helmet. So, anyway. He kind of looks like a marshmallow, and he's all white. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about the serious business of what's going on in this province. And uh, Ford administration now being accused of hand- handing out uh, MZOs to wedding guests. And this just doesn't. I, I, I cannot imagine what it must be like in the premier's office right now. You'd be under bombardment. I mean, I've been on the receiving end in government, and I certainly, you know, did my share of artillery launches as a leader of the opposition. This good work by the New Democrats in piecing these uh, items together, as you said, connecting the dots uh, here. Uh, reminds me of what I used to do around the, the Greenbelt scandal with, with Dalton McGinty. Here's the real shame of it in, in two senses. MZOs are actually an important tool. I use them on the government side at Ontario Real Estate Association. We've called for the use of tools in, in this respect. We're in a housing affordability crisis. We need to get homes built that people can actually afford. And if municipalities sort of bow down to NIMBY forces, they turn their backs to you know people who want to buy a home or move into a community, then the province of Ontario needs to have some sticks to actually force these things to happen. That could be rewriting official plans, could be expanding urban boundaries, or it could be MZO. So it is a legitimate and actually needed tool, John, right now, along with carrots to reward them if they do the right things and have an affordability crisis. Here's the catch. You've got to have a clear, transparent process. You have to have something that is that is open to the public. Ideally, you know, upon request from municipality, that won't always uh, happen. Uh, and you have to have a regular system where these things take place. So what's happening now is the House Minister Paul Calandra is examining whether all the MZOs that have gone through did follow a clear, transparent, and science-based process or not. And if they did not close them down you should always follow a clear process and it protects the government as well okay and i gotta ask you somebody sent me an image grab of one of the documents that surfaced yesterday your name is in it what's that about well like pacino said in godfather three right just when i thought i was out they pull me back in john moore (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is a piece that um i guess related to both john tory and i as a former progressive conservative uh leaders i've talked about this i i've got a long history on the greenbelt file i was actually a critic for municipal municipal affairs and housing john tory was leader when it was brought in and you know as we've discussed many times it it was not a science-based process it was arbitrary some of the land that was protected was environmentally sensitive other swaths of land were not and actually had value for housing or jobs i had constituents who said look i live along the queen elizabeth way my property is covered in road salt i can never be farmed for tender fruit and it's what i'm going to retire on it should be exempted from the green belt so both john Tory and i had policies to say look you should actually take a look at the boundaries if you're going to take land out that can be used better elsewhere that's not sensitive then put more than that land back into the green belt you gain in quantity of green belt and quality and you get more homes built and more jobs created so i suspect the person that's caught in this um a sweep of the uh, Freedom of Information Act, they don't have the individual's name, was probably somebody who appreciated that policy. If you're going to do that, and the Ford government went down that path, though, it has to be public, it has to be transparent, and it needs to be arm's
arm's length from political decision makers. Meanwhile, a member of the Metrolinx board wrote a column criticizing the provincial conservatives and Doug Ford arranged apparently for her to be fired. And this is being represented as sort of a shot over the bow of, hey, everybody get in line. It is. <laughs> Look, it is. When, um, when you're premier, you really have um, two major things that you can do. Then you expect people to make proper decisions. Subsequently, you basically set your cabinet. You put them in place. You give them the marching orders. Then they make the decisions on a day-by-day basis. And also those who serve on various agencies, boards, and commissions. You put them there because you trust they'll have the right judgment. But And those are highly sought after, John. I remember when I was a cabinet minister, you'd have lines of people looking to be on positions. I was responsible for the Liquor Control Board of Ontario and the Lottery and Gaming Corporation, two jewels that people found interesting and didn't mind boasting they were on the board. But when you're on that board, you are part of the government team. And as such, you got to play by the rules. You really have to choose. If you want to shoot from the outside and criticize, that's your right to do so. But if you also want to be you know, inside the tent, there are certain rules you play by. And I think the premier is setting a tone. There are two stories which I think can easily be sort of dovetailed together. So let's start with the Israeli document. It's a list of options for Israel to try to figure out a way forward with Gaza. And one of the suggestions is move the Gazans to Egypt, and then some of them could become immigrants to Canada. So we're connected to this. I think it sounds like a really, really bad idea. If you're looking for peace in the Middle East, I don't think it involves moving people out of what limited amount of land they had settled on in the first place. Well, no, and look, I find uh, Quebec mysterious, and I, I can't even delve into into Middle Eastern uh, politics. Israel's right to defend itself. It should wipe out Hamas. It is threatened the destruction of, of Israel. But as far as what happens with Gazans, I think, you know, you want to have a, a two-state solution. Hopefully, ultimately, we will get that way. But, but clearly, you know, clearly... If you're going to move people into Egypt, you need Egyptian cooperation. It wasn't that long ago, I think 1973, where Egypt actually attacked Israel. And now they, while not allies, do have a very cooperative relationship. So I just find it hard to believe that Israel would would uh, would basically toss out what's been a constructive relationship with a neighbor, which is health, peace, and security, with a policy to arbitrary ship Gazans there when they object to it. And secondly, what's interesting, John, is Canada's on that list not because we've suggested this in any way, but because we have lenient policies, so we'd be an easy target. But I, I think this is probably more propaganda than fact at this point in time. Well, meanwhile, like I said, two stories that are kind of related. Canadians, according to a poll, are cooling on immigration. And, you know, this doesn't all have to do with the idea that, you know, you have to be a racist if you oppose people coming to Canada. Whenever we get into this roiling debate, as we, you know, you even mentioned a few minutes ago, this housing emergency and 500,000 new people are going to arrive in Ontario. And I always wonder, why doesn't anybody ever ask the question that perhaps we could turn the taps just a tiny bit to solve, not solve solve this crisis, but ease it. Yeah, and, and we do raise that issue from um, an entire realtor perspective, and I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. And, and John, you probably hear this too, whether it's at a barbecue or a cocktail party or dinner, you hear a lot of people say the following phrase, I'm pro-immigration, but... Right, You hear that regularly, so no surprise you're seeing that reflected in the polls. And I do believe that that foundation is in our housing affordability crisis. So here's what, what we put on the table. Number one, we, we do need immigration. We need immigration to be the next generation of job creators, investors. We're not creating enough kids, so they need to pay for social programs uh, as existing Canadians age. 
but when we had a target of 500,000 immigrants, which is aggressive, we actually had more than 1 million new people who arrived. A lot of that are coming through colleges, universities, and what I would call Mickey Mouse campuses that I think are actually a backdoor to get into the country as opposed to true post-secondary institutions. Colleges and universities that bring in that many students to support the bills because they charge three to four times as much than they do for Canadian students have an outright obligation to house them as opposed to spilling over into the market. And if they don't do so, they should not be allowed to bring in that many foreign students. And number two, I think we need to change the way we rate our immigrants as well. John, if you're post-secondary, you're fluent in English, French, you get all this bonus points, right? You're a lawyer, you're an investor, what have you. But what about the trades? I mean, people who are actually going to build the homes that we need our new hospitals our new highways and subway systems we should alter immigration system to reward those that are the skilled trades to build a stronger ontario thank you sir good to have you this morning have a great day tim hudak former leader of ontario's conservatives now at the ontario real estate association